VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Live from our nation's capital. How do we reopen this economy? The latest on how this pandemic is impacting farmers. What does this do for the United States relationship with China? Bloomberg Sound On. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. We're responding to this crisis and manufacturers are stepping up like never before. We're looking at 70 candidates for different vaccines. How do we make sure a pandemic of this scale never happens again? This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin. Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Governor Larry Hogan talks schools and we will bring you that scheduled news conference for the governor of Maryland's briefing with public school superintendent Karen Salmon. That is set to begin at the top of the hour and we are also following 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue where President Trump is also set to deliver his second news conference as part of the revamped daily coronavirus task force briefings. That in the 530 half hour. In between Tyler Deaton, Kevin Walling and an all-star panel as they react in real time to the developments of the day the latest on economic stimulus as well crazy weather folks here in the nation's capital hope you brought your umbrella with your mask and uh you know you're you're staying safe especially if you're out on those roads because wicked wicked storms going through all right uh joining us on the telephone line tyler deaton he's a republican strategist and fundraiser he's president of allegiance strategies and kevin walling democratic strategist at hg creative media tyler i'll start with you i want to we're on standby for governor hogan so if i interrupt either of you it's because i have to go to the governor but i want to bring the latest on the economic stimulus up on capitol hill uh, and i want to cover those developments because it still seems that the working assumption is that Secretary Mnuchin and Speaker Pelosi would like to get to some type of a deal by the end of next week, but I'm not sure that that's going to happen based upon how far apart Tyler Deaton people are now. Yeah, look, I we're nowhere near a deal. And, you know, even just mentioning Speaker Pelosi and Secretary Mnuchin, they've got to get Leader McConnell on board, too. And he has to have time to get his own members on board. And right now, I don't see that coming together even as a first draft until next week. Uh, many, many of the listeners know that the enhanced unemployment benefits expire at the end of this week. And I'm just afraid that we're actually going to make it through this moment um, without an extension. And I think that what, what's happened is that a lot of the senators on both sides of the aisle are used to this sort of shutdown game where they really think they can pass a bill at the very last second and turn the government back on. But it's not like that. We have 50 different states trying to take care of unemployed people. They can't just turn on a dime. They need a little more advance notice from this federal government. And so I'm worried about it because we do still have serious unemployment. Um, The job gains that we were starting to see have flattened off. And I'm worried. I'm worried that they just don't have a deal. And I'm worried that behind the scenes, I, I just am talking with senators, uh, especially on the Republican side, and we're still not at a deal, Kevin. There is 
a brilliant story that just popped a couple of uh, an hour ago on the Bloomberg Terminal by my colleague Patrick Sison. The headline is "Where is the American Child Care Bailout?" and it really goes into the issue of child care, particularly child care programs that provide uh, assistance for lesser served communities and underserved communities and I'm going to read from this report. According to providers, researchers, and advocates, it's no exaggeration to say that without government investment and assistance from local sources, but most importantly, state and federal governments, the U.S. child care system as we know it may collapse, just as uncertainty around school reopenings puts so many parents in an impossible bind. I mean, you don't even have to... I mean, this is a brilliant story, and I, and I hope people go check it out. Uh, but, but Kevin Walling, I mean, you really don't have to to be a rocket scientist or an economist to know that every family in America is trying to scramble right now as they await to hear from people like Governor Hogan and the superintendent of schools um, and, and their school districts, public or private or charter, are trying to figure out what to do. Go virtual a couple days a week. Go on full time. That was Governor Larry Hogan, a Republican governor of Maryland, saying that the masks, no, no shoes, no shirt, no mask, no service. His words, invoking Jimmy Buffett. Uh, he went on to provide an update with regards to schools and reopening schools and, and really not mentioning President Trump by name, so to speak, but saying that he takes issue with the current administration, the Trump administration, for not providing adequate funds or backing for adequate funds to fund uh, schools all over the country. Remember, he chairs the Governor's uh, Association uh, bipartisan. Um, so really a fascinating, fascinating public remarks coming from Governor Hogan. We are also on standby for President Donald Trump to begin his daily coronavirus task force briefing. We will bring you the, at least the top of those remarks. My name is Kevin Cirilli. I'm the chief Washington correspondent for Bloomberg Television and for Bloomberg Radio here helping me dissect and devour the news hour of uh, headlines coming out of the governor's office in, in Annapolis and, of course, uh, from the White House. Tyler Deaton, a Republican strategist, uh, president of Allegiance Strategies. He's a GOP fundraiser as well. And Kevin Walling. Kevin Walling is a Democratic strategist, and he's over at H... I almost said HGTV. He is at HG <laughs> Creative <wish>. Media. <laughs> at HG Creative Media. Uh, all right, Kev. So you hear it. I mean, the fight's over schools. You know, no shoes, no shirt, no, no. You got a problem if you don't have a mask. That's coming from Governor Hogan. Uh, but the fight's over schools. Yeah, Kev. I mean, I, I, I feel like that speech could have been made in Iowa by uh, Governor Hogan. Clearly, uh, he is making a play for, I think, what uh, America looks like post-Trump, uh, whether that's in January or four years from now, in terms of steady leadership, you know, calling into question, uh, while, as you rightly point out, you know, he didn't uh, bring up the president's name uh, in the address, but speaking as the head of the Governor's Association, saying we need more money for schools that isn't tied to opening, and we need more money for testing. He wrote a really scathing op-ed, I'm sure you saw it in the Washington Post last week, talking about the work that he did with the First Lady of Maryland in getting testing uh, to his state and, and really calling into question the president's leadership. Uh, it is going to come down to schools. As you said before uh, the, the governor's address, parents are frustrated. Parents are worried. They've been dealing with this, you know, homeschooling children for the last three months. 
There's not a lot of clarity, as you point out, Kev, in what's going to happen uh, in the fall. Uh, if schools are going to reopen, it's jurisdiction by jurisdiction. So there's a lot of anxiety uh, among parents uh, out there. And I think the, the, the governor is speaking to that anxiety and trying to p- provide a clear voice, at least for Marylanders, in the case of that address. I mean, we're on standby, but as I was reading before, my colleague Patrick Sison's reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal just about how you know, the, the child care community, it's not just schools, the child care community is wondering where their bailout is. And so many families across the country rely upon um, neighborhood babysitters, upon churches, places of worship, um, uh, as well as preschools and other after-school youth programs like my friends over at DC Scores. So many of these programs families rely upon and they're not being a part of this conversation. Tyler Deaton, how important is it that those programs get a seat at the table, uh, especially when we're talking about things like economic stimulus and, and, you know, and, and families, right? And this is, I think, the, what Washington, for whatever reason, and I haven't found a lawmaker on either side who really has captured this, what I don't think the debate is centered around is the reality of kids going to school two days a week virtually or in the classroom rather, and then having the rest of the time virtually any parent right now. And, and again, you don't have to be an economist. You don't have to be in Washington to realize they're trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to work? And this is going to happen. And, and, and those are the individuals who might be even be fortunate enough to be in a situation where they can look for other ways to find childcare. And then you've got parents who are not in an economic situation uh, bec- that can't find the child care. Tyler, this is a giant, colossal mess of epic proportions. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Yeah, it is. And look, you put your finger on it. It's that different people have different challenges right now. Okay, you have people who do, thank God, have a job, but they have to find a way to take care of their kids during the day. And then you have people who still don't have a job. And on the horizon, I don't see them getting a job in the immediate future in the next three to six months. And they have their own problems. They have their own needs right now. And I think that what we're lacking is that Congress isn't looking at each of these different kinds of groups and based on what they need. Like, those jobs are not coming back, so we need some support for them. And not every school district in America is going to be open. I mean, some of the biggest school districts in the country have already announced that they're going virtual. And so my take on this would be, look, like, we we can have this argument, and you can keep saying that, you know, Fairfax County, Loudoun County, these big counties right here in Metro D.C., you can say that you want them open, but they're not going to be. And so what are we going to do? And that's, well, that's why I, do what find I wanna... that reporting interesting because well, and... we've got to find some solution. Well, t- and Tyler, you know, and, I, and I, I think what's 
I think, frustrating so many families across the country, and I don't pretend to speak on their behalf, but I think you've got this notion of, okay, if you're going to be closed, are you going to provide some type of childcare? Are you going to provide some type of, of after-school, socially distant activity? And that's, you know, how do you, th- there's a reality, and then there's what, you know, the school districts and the politicians are saying. And I think the reality is what is frustrating so many parents uh, a, a, a across the country, you know. But when, I, when I'm reporting on the next round of economic stimulus, and, and Kevin, I want to bring it back to you for a second as we await for President Trump press conference. What Tyler said is he just described perfectly the different factions of Americans right now who are facing very different problems. You've got the immediate need for people who have been furloughed uh, or laid off through no fault of their own as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic who are about to lose unemployment benefits, and they will be so incredibly significantly impacted, it's, it's hard to comprehend. I said that on Bloomberg Surveillance this morning. It is truthfully hard to comprehend the magnitude of the moment of millions of Americans not being able to virtually, in the span of overnight, because the, the world shut down, to be able to pay their bills. So there's that issue. And then you have the middle class, people hanging on in the middle class who have been able to keep their jobs. And you've got this idea of the payroll tax cut. And the payroll tax cut, whether or not it should be applied retroactively, whether or not those who have a job should, should get a couple bucks extra in their paychecks. And that's what the president is digging in on. Now, Leader McConnell has said, really, that's likely not going to happen. Uh, There's this divide within the Republican Party, but it's a fight from a political standpoint that the president, Kevin Walling, Democratic strategist, wants to have. Is it a fight that Joe Biden wants to be on the other side of come the fall? Yeah, I mean, I I think the president is, if you look at the news today, and and Bloomberg's been on top of it in terms of reporting, you know, the the latest developments, especially with Rob Portman speaking uh, earlier to Bloomberg, I think the fight is within his own caucus. Uh, you know, the, the, the Democrats and, and Joe Biden can say, listen, we passed a bill two months ago that included all these provisions. Now, you might have a problem with the price tag of it being three trillion dollars, but at least we included money for unemployment, money for child care, money to reopen. But I want to pin you, but I want to I want to get your take specifically on the payroll tax cut, because the payroll tax cut would essentially Democrats that I talk with say would defund programs like Medicare because it would not require individual companies, corporations, companies to have to deduct that tax from an employee's salary to fund programs like Medicare. So when you get a paycheck, many Americans, they get a paycheck, their employer is getting taxed. Or that that individual is getting taxed, money taken out of their paycheck to fund programs like Medicare, and so if that is deducted, and that, un- and unemployment as well, and unemployment as well. So if that money is deducted, that individual who has that job could see an increase in their paycheck. My question to you is, from a political standpoint, does Joe Biden want to get on the debate stage against President Trump and say to the middle class, "You don't deserve a raise"? Because that's a vi- that's 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 right there why the president is doing this on the payroll tax cut, hands down. Sure, no, absolutely. I mean, it's pretty brazen what he's trying to do in terms of the politics of it. I think what the vice president, the former vice president, needs to do, and Democrats need to do, is say. You know, we want to get this support directly to you, not through your employer and not have it tied to that. Because, again, to Tyler's point, a lot of people are out of work, so it won't affect those folks that are, uh, you know, on the unemployment doles. We want direct payments, again, to these Americans, especially extending 
unemployment insurance beyond next week when it expires. But we want direct funding in the pockets of Americans, not just for those folks that are facing a situation that are gainfully employed, okay? We want those resources to go directly to them as part of the CARES Act that was passed two months ago. That's, I think, the argument the vice president is going to make, is that this is, you know, different avenues of getting economic stimulus to the American people. We believe ours is much more direct in the hands of these these uh, folks, because, Kev, as you rightly point out, a lot of folks miss their July rent payments and mortgage payments. We've got August coming up next week. Okay, they're going to miss those again. And what we're fighting for and the vice president is fighting for is direct relief to them, not through payroll taxes, which is circumventing the system, but direct relief. I think that's the argument the vice president, Speaker Pelosi, others are going to make. Uh, and again, he doesn't even have his own party on board with the payroll tax cuts. You have Mitch McConnell fighting back about that right now in terms of the House, uh, G- House and Senate GOP caucuses. So I think, and, and, and I'm gonna, I want to bring. So what you're saying is the there's a divide clearly within the Republican Party about whether or not to support the payroll tax cut. So let me ask. I asked whether or not the debate between Biden and Trump on the payroll tax cut to to Kevin Walling. Tyler, let me put this to you now on the issue specifically of the payroll tax cut, because this is nuanced. And I I think we've been talking about this on the show, and this is so incredibly nuanced. There is a lot of empathy and anger at, at the situation. There's a lot of empathy for the underserved communities in the middle class right now. And there's also a lot of anger directed at institutions as a whole, political, private institutions at the moment that we find ourselves in. But Tyler, do you, un- do you get what I'm trying to get at in the sense that President Trump's going to hit the campaign trail and say, I was for the payroll tax cut so that you, the independent swing voter, could have an increase in your paycheck. And the Democrats said no. Is this going to be Republican orthodoxy in the coming years, this payroll tax cut or no? I, no, I understand what you're saying. I think that it is – this is a longer-term item that Republicans have wanted to, to cut payroll taxes. Um, I could see exactly what you're saying play out, but then I think that Joe Biden's going to come right back and say, yeah, well, you also let unemployment benefits expire. And I think we're in a moment here where it's easy for Democrats to be unified because they're willing to just spend any amount of money. And so they, have, they don't have to fight over, well, you know – well, what if we cut a trillion dollars out of this? What gets taxed? I think if they had to do that, which they're about to have to do, you're going to actually start to see some of these wrinkles among Democrats um, that we're seeing among Republicans. I think that what we're lacking is that everybody just has to get serious and say, what is the best bang for the buck? I personally think a payroll tax cut is way too slow of a tool in the toolbox right now to actually get into the economy and help people who are hurting right now. A payroll tax cut does not help an unemployed person. A payroll tax cut does not help somebody who's trying to afford child care. So, I mean, and it, it, you know, I'm going to leave it there for now because we're, we're, we've talked enough about taxes. I feel like Alan Iverson, we're talking about taxes. We're going to be talking about taxes, mind you, for like the next four months as this thing plays out. Uh, Tyler Deaton's on for us. He is a Republican strategist, uh, president of Allegiant Strategies and a, and a Republican fundraiser. Uh, and of course, Kevin Walling, he's over at HG Creative Media uh, and is a Democratic strategist. You see them both all over the cable networks. We're thrilled to have them hold down the fort for us as we uh, await President Trump's daily coronavirus task force briefing okay i want to pivot to geopolitics uh which is a massive story did you guys hear about this story i am obsessed with this story because it is i I, it's like a one-two geopolitical punch of what happened in the last 24 hours in this country as it relates to to beijing 
Okay, so yesterday I told you about I was at, how I was at the Department of Justice uh, interviewing John Demers, who runs the National Security Division at the Department of Justice. He is the Assistant Attorney General uh, under William Barr. And they had announced indictments against two alleged Chinese hackers who were hacking information in the private sector in the United States. Hacking private sector information in the United States, allegedly, as well as like 10 countries around the world. And to get information on COVID-19 research. So that indictment comes down, and then we get this new development of the China consulate in Houston, Texas, being shut down by the United States. Now, the Chinese have come out forcefully against this. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said that the United States had no other choice and that they will continue to take this type of action uh, given uh, anytime they feel that intellectual property is being stolen uh, from the United States, it is without question a ratcheting up of, of tensions between the U.S. and China. Tyler Deaton, I was struck by the, the historic nature of this, and, and, and it might not seem like a big deal, but it is a massive deal for those in the uh, foreign policy field as, uh, and those tracking U.S.-China relations. This is a major escalation of tension and a geopolitical one-two punch. Yeah, and look, and you have the Taiwanese foreign minister saying that he's worried that um, China is taking new active maneuvers to box in Taiwan. I think that China, um, and specifically the Communist Party in China, is attempting to exploit the COVID-19 crisis. And they are, they're, they're just taking all of these steps around the world. They're going after the Hong Kongers. Um, many of the listeners are probably familiar with what's happening in the Uyghur territories where the Chinese Communist Party is, is basically imprisoning millions of Uyghur Muslims who live in northwestern China. And so then you see this news about the Houston consulate. And for me, I, I'm sort of optimistic to see that the U.S. government is starting to fight back. I feel like we've been missing any action whatsoever and so let's push back. I mean, it's, it's way overdue. And I think that one of the funniest things, though, about the Houston consulate is that there's been all this follow-on reporting of just the massive bonfires that are happening at the Houston consulate as they're burning everything up that they can before they leave. I think we only gave them 72 hours to get out of, to get out of the facility. And that's standard. And just for the record, folks, a similar action was taken by the Obama administration at the end of their administration uh, during to, to some Russian properties, actually, throughout the country, including one, uh, I believe, near the eastern shore of Maryland as well. All right, two-minute warning at the White House for President Trump's daily coronavirus task force briefing. Tap dance with me, Kevo. What are you going to be looking for for President Trump? Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see who comes out with him. Uh, you know, he, uh, you know, got uh, some plaudits for yesterday's tone. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, one of the questions right off the bat was, where are your scientists? Uh, Dr. Deborah Burks, he said, was in a separate hallway or separate room from the briefing room. Uh, obviously, Anthony Fauci. Uh, it'll be interesting if uh, either of those two individuals or Admiral Girard, uh from HHS joined him at, that were mainstays. Uh, obviously, in the in the first iteration of these press conferences from the White House, so it'll be interesting to me. I think, from just a perception standpoint, uh, if it's just the president alone in the White House briefing room, or if he's flanked uh, by those uh, advisors when it comes to the science. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson Pete. Join us on the Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+.